Welcome back to the Hungry Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Moose, and we're here to get rid of the starving artist mentality by talking with hungry, driven, passionate artists and hearing their recipes for success each week. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in today. I am talking with my friend Julia Gallagher, who is a hilarious and talented actress um, that I have had the pleasure of working with on a short film that I did. But she has booked recurring roles and co-stars, guest stars on network television, as well as national commercials, Um, really doing great stuff, she says in the episode, uh, today that she's, you know, still would be considered developmental talent, but she's really getting a lot of uh, nice credits under her belt that I will just briefly mention that due to the SAG strike happening right now or at the time of this filming, um, we don't mention any specific shows or uh, networks or studios. Um, so things can get a little vague. I would encourage you all to go and check out Julia's website as well as her IMDb. Again, phenomenal actress. And this conversation has so much goodness, everything from the audition process and self-tapes and working with your agents and how to get an agent, as well as being on set, uh, you know, everything from being booked or bumped rather from a co-star to a recurring and even some on-set shenanigans with a llama. So there's lots of fun in this conversation and I really hope you enjoy uh, my talk with Julia. Oh my goodness. Well, hello, Julia Gallagher. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Hello, Caitlin. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for this and to talk to you. I'm so excited to talk to you. And I want to start in maybe a very strange place because I was looking at your reel and -hmm. there is an amazing clip of you riding a llama. And as someone who grew up with llamas, um, but I never rode them, I have to ask, what was that experience like on set? What what was that? How did that go working with an animal actor? It just looked so fun. Yes. I well, I have I would love to know what your upbringing was like with llamas. <laughs> uh, because I don't know if you know, but I was told that no one's supposed to ride a llama, right? Like they just don't have the backbone right. or like the the body for it. And for that part, and I know we talked about this, but like, I, I, I won't say the, the name of the show or anything because we're in the strike. So yes. So currently, currently being recorded during the writers and, and SAG actors strikes. So we're not going to be mentioning like specific shows or studios, uh, but I feel like we could talk about the parts. So yes, yes. all yes, of, all of that to preface for people who are like listening, like what, what are they talking about? It's yeah, a why, show yeah. and a llama was involved. Okay. That's all you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and for the audition, they were looking for somebody below a certain weight. Mm. And like, that is because llamas can't hold sure. a weight. Sure. And, um, So that whole process was basically, was really fun. Uh, I like got to go to a farm, like deep in the valley to like meet the llama for a day and like practice. That is so cute. 
and like riding it. It was actually really fun. Like I was there for only like an hour and then they're like, okay, you can go. I'm like, are you sure? Like I could stay <laughs> longer if you want. Um, and then during the actual filming, they, I basically learned how to like, it, it's like riding a horse. Like you mount the llama and mm. you like mount off, things like that. I could only really sit on it for like when it moved, which was like one small section. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the time, I they put me in a harness and they suspended me in the air above the llama. So and, not all of your weight is on the llama. Yes, for the rest of, because I'm on the llama for a couple minutes of the scene. And so to save the llama, they had to hoist me into the air and just like lightly put me just above the llama. So it looked like I was sitting on it. And if you like look closely at the scene, you can kind of see there's like something underneath my shirt. I'm wearing like a tight shirt. Yeah. There's like kind of something underneath my shirt. I'm kind of sitting weird because my legs can't go like they're like jutted out and I can't like move them any closer because I'm literally like in a harness saddle. That's and <laughs> you know, it was, it was hilarious, but the llama would keep moving. So like, I'd be like suspended in the air and like during a take, the llama would just like move and I would like still be like in the actual air. And we actually had to do reshoots one day because they're like, none of the footage is like usable, but it was really fun. But just like a ridiculous like I had a stunt double like oh wow <laughs> because they had to use like a harness it was it was silly like all for the bit all for a bit of using a llama but yeah it was fun and the magic of tv I guess I love that like I saw that on your reel and I was like I have to ask her immediately because that's just so random but it's I feel like that's one of the fun things about being an actor is you get to have all these different experiences and it's like your job it's like your career that you can go live all these different lives and have encounters with llamas like yes my friends uh like wouldn't stop basically talking about or like you know that like one of my friends made a gif like of me like on a llama like because people were like this is so random I'm like I agree like and I loved it because it was for like a kid show mm -hmm. and like I grew up watching that network when I was younger so like I was like this is ridiculous but like also awesome like my inner like eight-year-old is like screaming with joy right now <laughs> I love it so much well speaking yeah. of so you said it was like a kid's show I did mm -hmm. notice and loved that your reel is showing because I've seen you act so Julia was in uh, my most recent short film rough draft it's an amazingly hilarious job um and amazingly hilarious short by the way wow. <laughs> and one one at like the the film festival that it I was. know I'm so excited yeah. I finally got it like up with a press kit and stuff and submitting it to film festivals so we'll see what's happening there so yeah, fingers crossed so but good. so I've seen your acting was what I was getting at and I know that I'm trying to get a question out here because I've heard people say that when you get an audition, you do need to look at like what show it's for and what, mm -hmm. um, you know, studio, what network it's for, because that's going to tell you more about like the tone um, mm -hmm. or how you kind of might want to approach that genre. So I was curious, you know, you said you did this kids show and it has like a different energy and voice than like some of the other performances I've seen you give and I'm wondering how much you do take in that all into account when you're prepping for an audition yeah that's like a great 
question and obviously different for everybody, everyone's sure. process and things like that. I think for that specifically, I don't know what it was. I read the script and I was like, this is such a ridiculous character in a ridiculous circumstance on like a very, you know, like on a multi-cam children's program. And right. so I looked at that and I was like, I, for some reason, naturally, I was like, I think this would person would talk with like a higher voice because they're just like a little bit out there and like a little character-y. And I remember even when I was on set, like I was on break and like having lunch and one of the writers like was taught where was talking to me and I talked like, you know, was like answering a question of his and he's like, Oh, like, that's not your real voice. Like, and I was like, <laughs> Oh yeah, I guess like it is like a little bit like put on. Um, I definitely don't do that for like everything. I think it's fun to find a character's voice and a character's physicality. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, it was really fun to do for that role in particular because of the circumstances and the show and the tone and everything else. Um, and that's like, you know, part of the fun of the job, I guess, yeah. too. Now, do I do that for like every role? Do I sit down like, what is this character's voice? Like probably not all the, all the time for every audition, just because, you know, uh, if you're going in for like, a uh, like a medical or like a procedural that's what something. I've heard is like the you yeah. have to know if it's like the criminal procedural versus the like you know so you know the right. pacing of the show and everything yeah and even like I'm just working I'm like uh uh just working on like scenes right now like for class and things and I'm working on a uh what is it I think I think it's a I'm working on a couple different ones so I'm like getting confused but uh, oh, a medical uh, show. And, you know, when you first read it, you think one thing. I'm like, I've never actually, you know, like all these types of shows can be the same. But I watched clips of this one in particular. And I'm like, oh, OK, so like this tone is the similar to other medical ones, but it is a little different than like other ones that you would watch. I guess I'm trying to be careful not to like say like certain show names. Just I know, I know. Thing. No, but, I appreciate it. But I always, for, for any audition, for anything, I'll always watch at least like an episode or two or three of the show before I actually uh, start working on it. And if I can't watch the show, I'll find clips online yeah. uh, and watch like as many clips as I can just to get like a feel for everything. So when you're doing that, I guess I kind of want to ask about your audition process and how much time is going into each of these um and I, I assume they're self-tapes that's another question and like how much time is going into each one because I think a lot of people right now are struggling with the fact that it feels like a whole production when you haven't even booked the role yet and it's like a lot of people have you know the day job thing and it's like finding the time but obviously you want to give your best to your craft so I'd love to hear your thoughts on really how much time and energy are you putting into each one to make it feel like it's it's the best that you can do and maybe it depends on role size or something but but just about your yeah. audition process yeah I it all it varies for sure because sometimes something will come in and you have 24 hours and in that 24 hours like you're saying with these self-tapes now um there's so many pros and cons to it 
pro is that you're in your own space. You can run it, see what it's going to look like on camera, run it a couple of times on camera to practice, then tape it. Um, you don't have to sit in traffic for like an hour or two or three, um, getting to <laughs> and from someplace, you know, you're in your finding own space. parking, finding parking, like just like asking, why do I do this? Like, you know, <laughs> um, and, but the, the, uh, con is that like here, it's just like you and your reader, your reader on zoom. And, and, you know, I think about the amount of time takes for hair, for makeup, to set up, to um, then like work on the audition, you know, like beforehand, it's, it's kind of, it can be all over the place, sort of. Um, But usually, when an audition comes in, kind of like what I said, if I know the project, um, or the show, uh, I usually won't, and I know it well, I usually won't watch like, you know, too much of it because I like know the tone I know the style I know um, what they're going for if I don't know that again I'll try to watch like a couple episodes or as many clips as I, as I can online if I can't find anything that that writer producer or director has done um, or perhaps it's a film then I'll go online look up the writers look up the producers look up the director see what they've done in the past See if there are any deadline articles talking about the project, who's already been cast, the vision that, uh, you know, the either the director has or like a, a quick bio of it that like maybe the breakdown didn't have. I'll really try to gather as much information as I can that will help me place that character in whatever world that they're mm. trying to um, create. And then from there, I guess, also working on the scenes, I'll say that like there's some content um, that I, and I, I guess any actor, like, you know, you read it and you're like, I get this. Like, yeah. I think I know this character. I think I know what they're trying to do. I, I, something just clicks and there are sometimes when I read something, I'm like, I have no idea what they want. I have no idea what they're trying to do. I can bring myself to it or a little bit of like something that I think will work and like make the choices and et cetera. But I always try to at least spend, you know, and this is just like a, a random rule, but like maybe an hour on a page. And like, that'll definitely vary. Like if it's one page, like, an hour. Great. If it's like 10 pages, I don't have time to do like 10 hours, you know, most likely with a job, with everything else, with like a 24 hour turnaround. Um, And a lot of the time for depending on the size of the project, I'll like coach. I have a couple different coaches that I love and I'll definitely reach out to them just to make sure that, you know, I just want to be on the best, uh, on my best game. Yeah. Well, when, when do you feel like it's worth it to invest before you've made money as the actor, but you're investing in coaching for the audition? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think it'll, it (laughs) definitely varies with, um, it definitely varies per project, per season of my life. Like for instance, I don't have a job right now. <laughs> so unemployed. <Fun> <laughs> so I have been 
lucky to get a couple opportunities during this strike auditions for soap operas uh, because they are technically not the same contract that we are striking. Um, So they operate under a different contract entirely, uh, just like commercial contracts, things like that. And so, and I have luckily auditioned for this office a couple times over the last year. Um, So they know my work, thankfully. Um, did I choose to spend money to coach on that last audition? No, because again, I have no income coming in. <laughs> um, if I did have a job, at, that would make me very lucky and pr- privileged to be able to spend the money to do that. But I, I do find I definitely will invest for projects, for network projects, um, for films, especially for like casting directors, I've never been in front of, mm. um, that I really want to make a good impression right. in front of, um, it definitely, yeah, I think it definitely varies based on project for me. And like, if I don't want to spend the money, like I've definitely gone to friends and been like, can we run this? Can you help me? Can you just like, you know, I, I would love to go to trusted friends who I know, uh, who I love their work and like, you know, we can do that with each other. Um, so it definitely varies. It varies for me. If, if I have the like extra income to spend on it, yes. Mm-hmm. And depending on like the project and the, the role. Are you typically memorized for self-tape? Now, yes. Yeah. I think for uh, before COVID, I would, use, I would be uh, pretty memorized to going in the room. And I feel like everyone has their own mm-hmm. um, opinion on like, should you be memorized? Should you not be memorized? And I think before COVID, before self-tapes, every, like, you know, everyone has a different opinion. But I I was on the school of thought where like, I'll always bring my sides in. I'll right. hold them. But like, I'll never look at them. You know what I mean? Right. If I need them, then like they're there. Um, but in self-tapes, yeah, I feel like it's okay. it's – yeah. At, at this point, I feel like there, there's, it's almost distracting to have to look down. But if you have to, like, I think that's also totally fine, especially if you have like a two page monologue. Oh, and gosh. I've heard, I've so heard many... people use like teleprompter apps. Yeah. Yeah. And somebody put it, I was in a, like a class a couple months ago and somebody put it pretty well. They're like, they can pay me to memorize like this one page monologue. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm sure a lot of people have a lot of different opinions about that, mm-hmm. but like, that's a good point. And like in a 24 hour turnaround, you have like seven pages and like one whole page is like your dialogue. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, speaking of memorized. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me, everybody. I'm with a cough drop right now. So anyways, <laughs> um, um, but do you feel like, are you trying to get, what is more important to you? kind of mm-hmm. like the emotion and intention of the scene and getting that across or as close to word perfect as possible? Yeah, I feel like I struggle with this because, again, everyone has so many different opinions right. on this. Personally, I think the emotion and the 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 character and bringing that to life is much more important, important than being word perfect. Um, but there are some casting directors that really fixate on being word perfect and some writers and so yes yes and you want to respect the writing you want to respect the writers like that is what you are there to do um 
and I've heard, I've heard it all the time. I try to be really as close to word perfect as possible. And sometimes it really gets in my way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes my coach or anyone will be like, okay, just like, don't, if you get the words, like these two words wrong, like it's okay. Yeah. And it's, it's hard. You want to like bring your best while respecting the writing at the yeah. same time. I try to remember like it can be one thing for the audition and then of course like word perfect more for the role but I do the same thing where it's like you get really in your head because of course you want to respect the writer but then it's like if it's not coming because you haven't had you know more than 24 hour prep time or whatever it is it's like but yes yes it's like trying it's trying to juggle the like eight different balls you have in the air when just Mm -hmm. like doing scene. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah. let me ask, you had a recent uh, recurring role on a network program. It was very exciting, and I'd love to hear kind of, let's start with the audition since we're talking about auditions. Was that process different, or like how many different callbacks and rounds were there for that role? Honestly, it was very simple. So I'll start with the fact that it was, it started as a Mm co-star. So the initial audition and usually for co-stars, they're just booking off the tape. Um, So for my initial audition, I did it, sent it in and then got it, which was great. And I will say I went, I've been into that office numerous times for numerous different shows that they cast. So, and none of those roles had ever been perfect. I don't want to say perfect, but like really great for me. Like mm-hmm. I definitely could have like seen it for sure. And I'm, I'm so grateful that they had called me in for like so many different roles in the past, um, which is wonderful. But I think I, I saw this. And again, it's like talking about that, like, click, you read it. I'm like, oh, this could be me, like, yeah, for sure. Um, so sent it in and like, that was it. And when we were not to get like ahead or anything, but when we were on set, one of the, you know, the, the top of show series regular, he was like, well, I guess like, you know, we'll be seeing more of you in the future Hmm. and I was like what does that mean he's like I've seen how this show goes before like they're gonna bring you guys back it was like me and two others who were cast as like a new basically like um new co-workers to like Mm -hmm. the lead of the show and and luckily they did they like did they like called a month or two later and then I had like way more lines and that was kind of like a yeah. yeah, which was a little scary just because I'm like, oh, like, that's great, like, wonderful. But also I'm like, oh, like, that's a different, it was my, it's my first recurring and it's a different experience to, like, have to audition for a role. And then they say, like, yeah, that's it. That's what we want. Okay. Versus it's like, oh, like, they just, like, give you lines. And, like, I guess I just literally, <laughs> I mean, just, like, the, the whole point of, like, being working <laughs> go up and do it but like no feedback until you're like literally in it like that's amazing yeah well take us to like on set so let's just start like you get there did you have like a trailer or you go to makeup like what was that day like or both multiple days yeah uh yeah so usually started with me going to 
my trailer, which is always just like a very exciting thing. And like, hey, my name is on this little door here. And I've done, you know, I've done like other uh, shows and like worked before and I've had uh, my own separate room or dressing room, but this was actually the first like trailer trailer I had, like owned separate from like anyone else, which was like lovely. as opposed to like a dressing room at a studio type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and then going into makeup, um, everyone was so nice. I met like some of the other uh, people on the show. And it's kind of funny because I feel like in LA and Hollywood really is like small. Cause I met someone who was like, I know you know this person. And mm-hmm. it was like, oh, like that's crazy. Let's like, you know talk and be friends basically yeah 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 Um, but it was great and like both of the directors that uh uh I had worked with on that show were just like lovely really great um one was somebody who I had watched on tv before like in uh on a show that I really loved and so that was like really lovely um but yeah, it was it was pretty great. I mean, you know, a lot of it, so much of it is like waiting around for like hours right. and hours. <clears throat> and I feel like that's something that you forget sometimes between stints when you're like, oh, like, you know, I'm waiting for like five hours before I go in mm-hmm. and then working for a couple hours then probably coming back and changing and then like going again. And so like, it's a lot of, it can be a lot of waiting especially if you're not like the top of show like a top yeah. show performer um but, it but was-, was there like sorry I've done stand-in work on this show mm-hmm. and I was so like tv was so fast and mm. the main cast came in did the scene and we were supposed to watch and then do stand-in while you know like they got all the lights and cameras set up and then they would come back yeah. and actually record um, so I'm curious if, if that was kind of the experience there. And then what is it like working with a director of TV or you guys just kind of like did it or was there like blocking and rehearsal? Like, what was that kind of process like? Yeah, I feel like that's, I'd be, I would love to talk to you about like your standard work. Cause I find it so, I feel like you guys, you know, are on set for so much of the time. And then the, when the cast comes in, it's like, you know, you rehearse uh director is like telling you like giving you blocking um giving moments maybe but like sometimes it's also like all right here's your blocking let's rehearse great and uh and then we go out and then everyone sets up and we come in and like we do it and sometimes they're like okay great moving on you're like did I even do anything (laughs) you know and sometimes you know they would uh, I've I've worked with like multiple, you know, different directors in this type of setting. And I love, you know, and I don't know if you can relate, but like I come from a theater background. So like Mm -hmm. one of the things that I love about theater is like the collaborative effort and, you know, working with a director one-on-one and the other actors. And like you said, in TV, it's so fast. And like, sometimes the director will be like, okay, um, can you just like hit this word a little bit more? And, and that's like it, or they'll be like, uh, oh, like that was really funny. Great job. And then like, okay, we're done. Like, yeah, that's what I feel like. Things to worry about. (laughs) 
Exactly. And and, because there's so much going on. And like you said, there's so much waiting around from the acting side because there's all these other moving parts. And I think the part that really just like opened my eyes that working actors, it's so, especially in TV, it's so fast. It's so technical. It's like hit your stuff and go. Like we're moving on. We're moving on. And also just like almost the, the responsibility on the actor and the permission for the actor to really like you've been hired make your decisions and go like the director kind of doesn't have as much of a forefront as maybe in film is kind of what I've picked up on I don't know if you would agree with that but um yeah 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 definitely it's kind of it's funny because I feel like you know any actor who gets to work in that sort of capacity on set, especially for TV. And that's always been something that I've wanted to do. And, you know, I'm not a series regular yet. So like, I'm still developmental. Yes, talent. everybody. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Universe. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but so I'm like still developmental talent. Like I'm not like, you know, working every day, 50 weeks out of the year, you know, or not even 50, my God, like 12, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> um, so, you know, you work like you do like, you know, audition after audition, like uh, uh, you work so hard to get to that one day or five days you have on set or whatever. And so when it goes by so quickly, you're like, did that even happen right right (laughs) uh, here for a couple hours here for a couple days and then it's like woo like you did it it's like wow that is fast and that's the pace and that's the excitement and that's the adrenaline but it is yeah definitely a different pace to other types of how do you deal with the fall off of that because I feel like anytime my roommate and I talk and anytime we book something it's like yeah, our dreams are coming true. And then you get there and you like filmed and you're like, that was it. Okay. Yeah. That. <laughs> and that was it. You're and like, was- do I even want to be an actor? Like what's happening? I'm <laughs> supposed to be super excited and celebrating right now. And it just feels like. Yeah. Wah, wah. I feel like so many people can relate to that. Any actor can relate to right. that. After any success or any win, that is exactly how I feel as well, where I'm just like, I'm on cloud nine and there's this little teeny tiny voice in the back of my head, anyone's head that's just like, but when is the next one coming? Right. <laughs> you, know? you better like soak this up because you just never know. Yeah, And yeah, I yeah. feel like I've been out here for 10 years. And I think at first, like, those wins felt so, so, so high. Yeah. And then the lows after when you're like, hmm, I booked like a national commercial. I booked like my first TV show. I booked like, you know, a film that's going to a festival. And like, there seems to be crickets. Like what's happening? Is it me? Was it my work? Like, cause I'm doing like X, Y, and Z. Like I'm in class, I'm submitting myself, I'm auditioning, I'm talking to agents, I'm, you know, networking, like things like that. You could be doing all the things and they are probably working in your favor. And yet it's like, oh, that's weird. I'm not booking 10 million things right after I had this thing. And I feel like at first that was really tough to deal with. It was like the highest of highs and lowest of lows. And I think personally and everyone, again, again, is different. 
personally, it's taken me years to like remind myself that that will happen. It's not like there will be seasons where like there are a lot of things happening, which is great. And there'll be seasons where not a lot of things are happening. And that's also okay. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And that's taken me years to like really embrace. Because like if you want to do this for the rest of your life, it's going to be the rest of your life of this, the ups and the downs. Yeah. Well, and I even try to tell people like even your favorite A-list actors are not working 365 days a year. You know, no. it's it's very in seasons, like you said, because you'll see the same actor has three movies come out back to back. And then you're like, where'd they go? <laughs> like, yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I think about that even for like shows that have been on the air for like years and years and like are like have ended and are still like on TV. And then you're like, what happened to that one actor on this hit show? Like, I haven't seen them working. Like, I still do that with, like, films right now where I'm just like, this actor was really good and, like, in a big role in this film and, like, they haven't done anything. Like, you know, it's just one of those things. And, of course, any of these actors could have been like, you know what, I did it. And I figured out I want to do something else. Right, right. I don't want to do this anymore. Sure. (laughs) like that like every there's no one who is at the top or constantly working for forever yeah and it's it's a reminder when you're in class I've been in class with you know someone will get a series regular role and then the season is over and they're done and it's like oh you're starting not necessarily starting from the bottom again but it's like yeah you have to get your next gig um so it's like a never anything so what do you do like maybe in the day-to-day or, you know, you talked about seasons, but how do you stay kind of in that positive mindset or keep feeling creative and not just, you know, totally defeatist spiraling happening? Yeah, because that spiraling happens enough. (laughs) Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, right? What? Spiraling, existential crisis. What what are those things? Um, That's a great question, Caitlin. And I'm going to try to answer that as best as I can. I think... A big thing for me, especially in the last couple of years through COVID and everything, has been to surround myself with a lot of positive people. I consider myself a very positive person, but I definitely, if there's a lot of like negativity around me, like I can take a lot of that energy in. Yeah. And I think it's important to not get so bogged down and the like, when is it going to happen? Why isn't it happening? And also like to try and have as full of a life as I can outside of acting. I think that is so imperative for anyone in the arts to have other things that like really make you happy. And I have found that with like friends, with my partner, with activities with things that like really fill me up and like enrich me that though those have been and luckily I found like a lot of those things during COVID especially things like creating a routine mm-hmm. of things that I do every day that do bring me joy which has been like so helpful because you know like things like you can get I've gotten 
luckily very close to a lot of things over the last year or two and a lot like you know all of them guys have not um worked out and those are also like wins like I've had yeah. to learn how to celebrate really small wins and I'm sure that's something that like you know that you know obviously you can relate to as well like just to be able to let yourself to celebrate even the smallest of victories like getting a call back like yeah. that's something to be really proud of getting an avail check great being like one of two people and like not being that person like great that's like you didn't or even get it, like you're like, saying like you've been called in by the same offices like they're yeah. getting to know your work and then when the right fit like you said finally comes along they're like I know who's perfect for that Julia bring her in yes 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 exactly and like that's that's also a huge win and even just like still being in it you know <laughs> when you yeah. want to still be in it like you're doing it, you know, it's, it's all part of a process that I'm still trying to really uh, be good about to myself yeah. daily. Yeah, we have to be nice to ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I think there was I don't know if you've ever read it the um, oh my gosh, this is where my brain is going to like is clunks out sometimes with people's names, but um, uh Jen, Jenna. Yes, Jenna Fisher's book. Yes, yes. Love that book. I've never read the book. I've been wanting to, but she wrote this, I don't want to say like an essay, a piece about, and I'm guessing she probably put it in her book or something um, about how, you know, she would go home for holidays and, you know, how do you describe the win of getting a callback or like getting to be one of the last people like to be seen for a role yeah. or I think she like specifically mentioned like a callback for a role that like was not right for her but like she really put her all into it and like still got pretty far in the casting process how do you like describe that to like family who are just like okay but like you all, what are like, you doing that- what have I seen you in yeah. what do you do day to day you're in- doing yeah and then even the and she didn't mention this but like I've had friends and like this has happened too where you know, like people outside the industry or family been like, oh, you worked on something cool. And then like, that's that. And it's like, I have worked so hard to get to just this one place. And so how do you describe (laughs) something that like people are like me or like, oh, but like, what are you doing? Like, you know, there's so, again, the highs and lows of like these small and big things that make up so much of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Well, I also know I, I want to kind of segue into I know that you've, like myself, have written and produced your own short film now. And I don't know how many of those you've done, but I'm I'm curious what what that's felt like for you, because for me, it's given me this whole like, OK, I'm not just an actor like I have more control and I can like write parts for myself that I really want to see or I don't have to wait for someone else's permission. So I'm curious your experience with, um, you know, making your own shorts and stuff. Yeah, I have. So I, I've like wrote and produced with friends in the past on different projects, um, which was great because a lot of people I've worked with are like good friends of mine who are so talented 
and incredibly funny and incredibly um, smart with how they produce and write. Um, and that was really great just because, you know, it can be very intimidating if you've never, yeah. you know, done all the things like written, produced, whatever, Um, especially technically. Like, again, I have a theater background. I went to theater school. Um, I've directed theater. And now that I've been doing TV and film for like, you know, the last decade, I feel like I'm I, I know that you know, but have I ever gone out and like done that on my own? Like, yeah, it can be very scary. So this past spring, I did write and direct and produce and start in like my own short. And boy, was it a learning experience. I'm sure you can tell us about it. (laughs) I felt like at this point, I was like, you know what? It doesn't have to be perfect or even good. I'm not saying it was bad, but like, is it the best thing I'll ever make? No. And that is totally fine. I think I've always been so scared to like put myself out there and make something because I always had this mindset of if it's not going to be amazing, like why would I even try? And that is so ridiculous in anything creative. Like if somebody told me that and they were an actor, I'd be like, you're like just that's not that what yeah. <laughs> like you will most likely suck you know like when you <laughs> start yeah. anything or not maybe you're like naturally gifted and like that's also incredible but you know you're not going to be your your best when you first start sure. so that was something that always held me back and in april or may i was just like you know what fuck it sorry i don't know if i can if do it can just darn it I'm gonna do it (laughs) um and I wrote something and that was a whole process when I wrote something on my own like I've written little like sketches and things like that before in the past but like doing a full-fledged like short film that process I don't know if you can relate to this but I would I would sit down and sometimes be like this is the best thing that I've ever written that anyone has ever that anyone will ever like see and hear. And then like 15 minutes later or the next day, I'll be like, this is the worst possible thing I have ever, like no one is going, this is so bad. And that, so I was like, wow, I have so much respect for writers who can just like sit down and like bust out a couple drafts of something and like have their work written. Like I was so encompassed by like just trying to like write something that'll work and be funny and like entertaining, like whatever. So it made me have a lot of respect for writers. And then even doing the whole, um, you know, producing part of it, I think I definitely was selling myself a little short with it. I'm not trying to say I'm like the most competent person ever when it comes to this stuff, but I've been doing it long enough and I am a able-bodied, yes, smart person. Like I... I was like, you know what? I can, I, if anyone's going to be able to do it, I got to like trust in myself to be able to figure it out with finding crew, with finding a location, with, you know, props, you know, things like that. And directing wise was very interesting because again, I've had experience with directing theater in the past, which I love. Um, but in terms of directing something for 
camera it is so different so technical and it made me have so and you were in it right yeah and yeah and so that that was the same thing yeah yeah yes exactly yeah (laughs) and that's literally what you did for your last short film like it's so next time I will probably choose one or the other just so I can focus on that but it's so fascinating and it does make me respect I already have an immense amount of respect for directors or anyone behind the camera and just having to go and be like did we get it technically great oh the performances yeah they were good like we don't need to tweak like it made me understand why things have to go so quickly because you only have a certain amount of time and you have to get everything the shot the performance like you know it was just such a learning experience and like will I do it again yes and I'm so glad that it was such a learning experience because Otherwise, I, you know, it, I don't know. I just like, you know, you need to start somewhere. And yeah, I definitely well, yeah. started somewhere. <laughs> I started somewhere. No, when I made my first short, I was like, I don't yeah. care how this turns out. Maybe I can get like some real footage for me and my friend. You know, yeah. it wasn't like I'm doing everything with this. And then it ended up getting into some festivals and we both won like best comedic actors awards for it. And like, not that that's like the what I'm trying to get at, but just a, you might surprise yourself when you sit down to actually do it. And I, I'm such a like intellectualizer, like overthinker mm-hmm. that I have to remind myself. And then I want to scream it from the rooftops at everybody that like you learn by doing. And I know it's so scary, but I have so many friends who are like, oh, I have this script idea. And I'm like, write it. Write it. And I'm yes. yelling at myself too, because I have so many script ideas that Absolutely. also are like in various stages, you know, but it's like, yes. yeah, you just got to move through it. You got to do it. And it might be ugly and it might suck, but then you go to the next one, you take what you've learned. And yeah. Can I ask too, how many have you done before your last one? Because I felt like when I showed up on set for you and I saw the final product, I was like, this is somebody who's been doing this for like, a while like so professional it turned out so well and like so great to work with so can I ask you yeah how many did you end up doing before that thank you um I have literally only ever made films from these short film challenges where you have like an (laughs) external deadline you have to get it done and like I've only done ones that was like a week or two weeks um Mm -hmm. and so before that I've done three I think that was my fourth film and wow um one of them was during COVID using stuffed animals in my voice (laughs) I'm sure it was great that sounds great (laughs) um it is hilarious everyone should check it out no (laughs) (laughs) yeah plug it plug it um but what was so funny about the film that I just did with you is I was laughing with my roommate who was also in the film and was in my first film um, because it was so similar. Like I could see my my things laid out. Like I had the mm-hmm. same structure where we started with like slow-mo music. I had the same jokes or like friends talking over wine. I had the same, like you mm-hmm. could see my voice starting to take shape. And I thought that was so interesting because it's not something that I like planned for, but I had to, and I've only done four but to get through those iterations and be like, oh, I'm starting to see a through line. I'm starting to see who I am as a filmmaker. And that's so interesting. 
which must be so exciting because then it's like, oh, like starting to have like a voice that takes shape and things like that. Because you see that with so many filmmakers where it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, here's that scene where like someone's going to break down and it's like right on time. Like, you know what I mean? Right, like right, right, right. Tone and things like that. That's so exciting. I think just to, yeah, be like, oh, like this is who I this is how I'm seeing myself or like this is what's coming out of like the stuff that I'm making. It's also so interesting. I mean, it's also really vulnerable too. Like we talk about how vulnerable acting is and you're sharing yourself and your emotions and your reactions, but um, writing and filmmaking has been super vulnerable for me because I'm like, oh, wow, everyone can see what I'm thinking about right now. Like yeah. these, these have kind of almost been like little scrapbooks of what was going through my mind at these times in my life. And then you like mm-hmm. solidify, I feel like Taylor Swift writing a song, you know, like I was like, this is what was <laughs> happening with Caitlin yeah. <laughs> in 2019. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, and that's also like, so great too, to be able to look back on your past work and be like, oh yeah, that was like in my time timeline yeah but that's why like I've started even watching other filmmakers now and being like oh I can see what's going through them right now you know like Mm because it takes so much time and effort to get a film made that that person is living with that project for years and it's like Mm -hmm. okay this is a little slice of them and so yeah what you're talking about getting the respect for people or and also the creative process where I've seen charts I, I'll have to find a chart to show you, but it was like, this is awesome. This is the worst thing anyone's ever done. This yeah. is so great. <laughs> like, I do that when I'm editing. I'm like, God, this is awful. No one can see this. And like, yeah. yay, I got it. It's funny. <laughs> like, it's right, right. And then like, but the outcome and then is so, you know, such a wonderful feeling to be like, yeah. I, that was hell for a lot of it, but like, I have something to show for it now. Right. And it's good. Like, that's and I can see that like with your work especially this last film that I was like oh like this seemed like it was so and all like good projects and good art is like that seemed like it was like easy to do like wow script was so good working was so good shooting was so good like end product so good like that must have been easy but of course it never never is right and I I, I like to share that with people and I, I'm glad we're talking about it because I want people to know when they're going through these creative journeys, no matter what your medium is, you're going to feel bad about it and like you suck yes. and like you should stop. And we're, Julia and I are both saying, keep going because you got to yeah. get over the hill, you know? Yeah. And it'll yes. happen each time. And like, that's normal. And I think that's that's such a, that's such a sneaky part of like that, of any creative process. You're always going to be like, should I have even done this? Was this, this idea? Am I even a creative person? Like, what am I doing? Why, why did I do this? Why? And literally, (laughs) I think I like mentioned it before, but like, I've had those moments where like, I'll drive obviously, you know, before COVID and like to a theatrical audition and like in a big like Hollywood part of town and like, you know, like things like like near Avenue of the Stars and like I'm like in my car, like sitting next to like CAA or like, you know, about to go in a building. I'm like so nervous. I'm like, why am I doing this? I'm so bad. Like all that negative talk yes. like goes through your head where it's just like, oh my gosh, this is 
part of it. This is literally part of it. And you just have to embrace that part to get to the other end of it. Well, I'd love to ask you more about mindset than, and about, you know, like I have a lot of negative Um, Mm self-talk. I personally have had trouble kind of getting to the next level where I know you're talking about doing these auditions um, for network shows and that kind of thing, or you're being called into the same casting offices. Um, Could you talk a little bit about, you know, that process of really getting like good representation and, and feeling I don't want to be too like mumbo jumbo about it, but like feeling worthy enough to call in those kinds of auditions and like, and, and those opportunities. I feel like I've had, I've struggled with that. And the thing that I hear the most from people when I'm like, what would help your acting career? They're like, I just need an agent. Um, Mm -hmm. So just, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, whether it's mindset or technical, like send this many emails out, like whatever you've got for agents and like next level auditions. Yeah. I I definitely struggle with that. I don't think there's ever been a part of my life where I'm just like, no, I'm <laughs> I'm perfect and that's it. And I'm going to feel like that for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like I constantly still struggle with that. And I think what has helped me and it's ever changing. The things that help me are ever changing too. One thing that's really helped me during the um, during COVID, especially, I started a career coaching, like group coaching hmm. um, program. Um, it unfortunately ended. Um, but if anyone is ever looking for like an amazing career coach, Brian Pataka. Brian his- Pataka. If, if any, if do you if you know him, I haven't done like career him. coaching. I did like a like a resume, like an actors access thing. Nice. Which I feel like you can see anybody on Actors Access if they've got the specific, like, the asterisk and the thing. Like, I feel like you can tell who's taken Brian's courses. Yes. (laughs) It's marvelous. I'm sure. And he offers a lot of different classes and courses. Um, I was part of his, like, group coaching uh, for a year, a year and a half until he ended that specific program. And he still does a lot of different other programs. Yeah. Uh, but there's so many amazing coaches out there. Um, my I, Amy McNabb is a wonderful, wonderful mindset coach for mm-hmm. actors. She is incredible about getting into your mindset and really um, helping you understand why and how you are talking to yourself and like re kind of, um, uh, I don't want to say reprogramming, but basically helping you with your mindset. Um, and you know, so, so there are several different, uh, uh, ways of going about that in those ways. I think I've also had to, like we've said, celebrate every little win Mm -hmm. and, take those wins in. And I hate this saying, I, there has to be, maybe, you know, a better way. There has to be a better way of saying it, but like fake it till you make it. Like, Mm. I don't love that saying, but like the idea behind it of just, it's kind of like you have to embody who you already want to be in order to get there is kind of how I've seen a little bit of it done. Yeah. And I think it's like, I guess it's, it's, yes, that and having, just like 
incredible positive self-talk. Like there'll be sometimes, and I, I find this with like working out that it's so easy to like pick apart all the things that you don't like about whatever about yourself, you know? If you flip that on the other side and you're like, okay, well, what's going right? Yeah. What are all the things I do like? What are the things I'm amazing at? What are the wins I've already accomplished so far? What are, uh, what's really working for me right now? And I think having that positive self-talk that I have with, uh, that I've learned to have, I will say with myself of being like, okay, I didn't get that, but I'm really proud of like the work that I did for that audition Mm -hmm. and getting to a place where it's not about necessarily finding a booking the role or finding the best agent or, I mean, you want to find like a great agent, don't get me wrong. Or like, you know, uh, uh, making sure this one casting director like absolutely loves you. I think it's about finding the people who really love you, really click with you. And especially with um, representation, I have gone through so many different, I'm sure you, you know, like so many different reps over the course of years. And at the end of the day, I think it's like, dating, you know, like you have to find one that you love and like gel with and who, you know, you, you believe in like vice versa. Like they want to believe in you. They want to gel with you. Um, and kind of like taking power back in the sense of like going into a room, whether it's casting or reps and being like, they want me, you know what I mean? And I've felt that way with like, meetings with reps in the past where I'm like, at the end of the day, like they would be working for me. So like in reality, I'm kind of interviewing them. Like, do and it's I want- such a bizarre dance where, cause you're reaching yeah. out to them. And I feel like actors self-included can come from this really desperate place of like, I need an agent and you're the gatekeeper and I can't get like mm-hmm. access those other auditions without good representation. So how do you, how do you approach it in a way that's like a no, this is who I am and are you a right fit for me kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's that's always something that I shouldn't say always in the last couple of years have really embraced. It's kind of, it can be the same with, you know, job interviews too. Mm-hmm. You're going in, you probably, you know, like maybe really want the job or anything, but you're also interviewing them. Like what's the work culture like? What's the company environment like? Um you know, especially with reps, like how do do they handle the communication with you now to like set up a meeting? Yeah. How, what are they like as a person to like talk to? These are the people who are going to be like advocating for you. Do they have a great attitude? Are they kind of a dick? Like, no offense. Like if you're acting like a dick towards me, like, are you acting like a dick towards mm. like casting directors? Good one. You know, like I want to work, you know, you don't have to be like the, my favorite person on earth, but I'm also like going in there interviewing you because if you're going to be on my team, I want somebody who I really, really believe in really like and and I know it's the other way around like they you know they want to believe in you too but it's a two-way street for sure was there anything that you're doing like 
your current reps were, did you get them um, from emailing or was it like referral based or how, how did that work? And, and before you've got the meeting and can kind of do the interviewing of them, pitch yourself in a way that's like, Hey, you should see me. My current reps right now, I have all been either referral based or I've known them, if that makes sense. Interesting. But in the past, I have always done like cold outreach or also been referrals um, to have. So I, I've done it all. I've done the cold outreach. I've done the uh, getting to know people. I've done the like um, referrals. And I do feel like my team right now, I'm very happy with and as a whole. And I think it's taken me year, like a full 10 years to actually feel that way. It's not that I haven't loved any other reps in the past or they haven't like, you know, done great things for me. I think as a whole with like everyone together, I've really been like happy with who I have, which is again, like something you might not think about to be like, hey, but like I, I am very, very grateful and it's taken years to get to that place but my current manager was actually somebody I interned for 10 years ago when I worked out here or when I moved out here and she was a commercial agent at the time and in the last couple years she's become a manager Um, and I interned for her for a year which was such a good experience knowing what is going on on that side of things in an agent's world um as an actor. And so we reconnected over COVID and luckily, you know, I wanted to work with her. She wanted to work with me. So like that, that was such a great, um, just a great happenstance. It was the right timing, everything. Um, and then with my other reps, I've gotten referrals from friends. Um, and I, for my commercial agent, my, Um, manager at the time got me that uh, meeting. So, but I, I, you know, I've, I've gotten good reps from cold calls or, uh, you know, and I've done the whole workshop thing too. I've gotten meetings from that and it's, it's never worked out, but it's still a great feeling to be able to be like, you know, I'm putting myself out there, whether I get meetings, whether I get rep or not, you know, I'm like doing like X, Y, and Z. And like, everyone has a different thing. Like I know friends who like crush workshops and like get offers left and right um I know friends who do you know pay for a uh to do a program uh that people offer to like you know zhuzh up your resumes and things like that to like send out and like that really works and then I know people who just like you know find incredible rep because they like cold outreach you know yeah um I don't, sorry. That was like such a long way. No, I feel like sometimes like, I can totally ramble. <laughs> I love it. We're actors. Yeah. We like to talk. No. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. Um, I don't know if that answered the original question. <laughs> no, it does. I think it's, it's just one of those things where being open to possibilities of connection everywhere. And I like what you said about um, that you interned for this person 10 years ago. And that kind of brings mm-hmm. me to, to networking and how I think a lot of people are like, ew, gross networking but really it's just like making friendships along the way and you keep working with people and kind of staying in touch and I think social media makes that a a little bit easier as well to just kind of see what people are working on and you know pop in and be like this looks cool um yeah but 
Is there anything? Um, I have a million different thing ways that I want to take that because I want to ask about the networking piece. But while while you were talking about um, working in the with the commercial office, I'm wondering if there's any insight from being on that side of it. And and I'm sure things have changed in ten years, and you know, self tapes weren't a thing before. But anything that you could give about hey, actors, don't freak out because this is what it's like on this side. Yeah, I, and like you said, I'm sure things have changed in 10 years. Um, so I'll just comment on what like I learned 10 years ago, sure. which was the fact that you, your agents are like submitting you every day, you know, especially commercially. Uh, theatrically, it might be different. Um, but even, and you can get a submission report to always like see, yeah. but- even if they're not submitting you for like a role on like every single day, they see your pictures every day. Like, you know, I was with this um, talent agency for a year, uh, just interning a couple days a week. And I felt like I knew every single one of their clients so well, because by the end of it, I was also submitting for, um, you know, like smaller projects, smaller commercials, things like that, new media things. I felt like I knew them so well because I would see multiple different pictures of their faces every single day. Wow. So like everyone in the office like knows who you are. And even if you've got like, were there like a hundred clients or like what were the numbers that you were kind of working with? Yeah. And yeah. So like on the commercial side of things, it's like many yeah. hundreds, yeah. probably 300. Um, but yeah, you see who you, you see everyone. So like, if you can bring up exactly who's going to like fit the role and you can just like, you know, go through everything. So like you're crossing by people's eyeballs, like multiple times a day. Um, so I, cause I know, and I'll get like this too, but like, I know actors are like, you know, my agent never submits me. My agent never, I never get any like roles and yada, yada. But I'm like, they see your face every day. Um, they're reminded of you every day. Um, and like, kind of like on that end of things, like they're also reminded, like I, the agent I was interning for would reach out to actors and be like, Hey, it's been like three years since you've gotten new headshots. You know, we're not getting, we're submitting you, but we're not getting auditions. Like, I think it might be time to get some. And I, I've definitely done this in the past where I'm just like, okay. And it, you know, like, and headshots are such a different thing. It's such a different beat. It's like so much money. It's, you know, planning it out. It's like taking the time. It's like, really, it takes time to do it. But, you know, a year goes by and then you're like, okay, but they haven't really like gotten new shots. And I'm still looking at their same old shots like day after day. Um, And it's totally different if you're like, you know, reaching out and saying like, hey, I hear you. It's not in the cards for me financially for like the next like six months to like maybe a year. Like I'm just updating you on like my thing and having good communication with your agent has had always been like, oh yeah, of course. Like totally understand. No one's going to be like, well, I'm not going to rep you if you don't have like a thousand dollars, you know, like or hundreds of dollars to shell out on headshots. But, um, but you know, so it, it was things like that where it's like if people weren't communicative about like where they are and, you know, things like that for, for things like that, or, um, then, you know, it was more noticeable than the people who are being communicative. And again, I am not the perfect person about like always staying in contact or like always communicating things like that because 
there's so much going on in life, of course. Sure. But I'd love to hear, since you said, mm -hmm. because I've always heard, you know, like you want to reach out every month or whatever the interval is so that you stay Mm -hmm. top of mind. And here you are saying they're seeing you every day. Like they know exactly who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm curious, how much do you find, like how much would you suggest reaching out to an agent and keeping in touch and not in a way that's like, why am I not getting auditions? Like no one likes that. But in a way that's like, Hey, hope you're doing well. Like, you know, what, what do yeah. you say maybe? And how often are you checking in? I feel like everyone, again, will have a completely different opinion about this. I think once a month is nice. And again, I don't always follow that. I, you know, there could be two or three months that go by and I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't talked to my agents. And like, maybe I'll just reach out and be like, hey, like here are some updates on my end. And it's never, maybe once a year, maybe I'll have a conversation of like, Hey, like, you know, like, what do you think I could be doing to like help you? Um, and, and like, let's like, you know, if they're open to jumping on a call, like, let's do that. But if every couple weeks, every month, every two months, you know, you're, I think it's always beneficial to be like, Hey, like here are some updates. Even if you don't have any auditions coming in, just be like, I'm taking this class or like, I'm working on these, on these projects or even if you're not in class just to be like here's you know some work that I've been working on whether it's like your own work or just like I am working on scenes by myself I'm putting myself on tape um or you went to a film festival and you met a couple people you took a workshop with a casting director I mean you could even I one of my reps was like, you know, you should start following casting directors and like commenting on their posts online. And again, I'm sure everyone has their own opinion about that. But, you know, even if you're like, you know, I'm building I'm this month or for the next like quarter, I'm focusing on building uh, relationships with people. And with that, I'm not going to be like, hey, like I need to build a relationship with you. It's kind of what you <laughs> like we've said in the past, where it's just like, I want to gently remind people that like I exist and yeah. like sometimes send out a newsletter, like just to be like, hey, like it's easy to do that when you've booked something, but also to be like, you know, like I worked on this voiceover thing or like I'm really proud of this audition that I did that's like already aired so you can like share it, you know. You're sending um, that to casting directors? Uh, I know people who have done that, um, who will send out newsletters to agents, casting directors, friends in the industry where they're like, you know, oh, like this show, I love this show is so great. It reminds me of the time that I auditioned for the pilot one year ago before it even came out. And if they share it, I've always been told that like, if you're going to share anything, like make sure it's something you that is good that like really shows you off Mm -hmm. so like if it's an audition that like you freaking nailed out of the park I don't think it's in the show and that the project has already aired I think it's great to like probably share with people who you're like I'm really proud of this and it's really good people do that on Instagram I see that like all the time what they'll be like oh like this aired a year ago and like I auditioned for it and like I'm really proud of it um but I do think it's there's a difference between like sharing things just to share them and sharing things because it shows you off really well, if that makes mm, sense. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's so important to be intentional like that, but also I to play 
devil's advocate for the people listening that are like, well, Julia, I don't have something extraordinary about my career to share every month. What do I do? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. That's why I'm sharing stupid things on social media because I don't have anything, Julia. I, I, and I'd be like, girl, believe me, I got you. I feel you. Like I, (laughs) um, I run into this a lot. (laughs) And so I, you know, there's so many different things. And I hate, I shouldn't say I hate, that's such a strong word. There's a good part of me personally who, and perhaps this is me beating myself for not sharing as much as I should, but when I see some people who just share only actor things like all the time, Mm. then I'm like, okay, but like, do they, and like, there's, and there's no judgment there. There's no judgment there, but I'm always like, okay, but like, what else? Like, what are you, you like, you know, like, do you have a life outside of that? And like, if your life is that like, great. And if you only share after things, I'm like, great. Like, that's awesome. Personally, it's just like, not my jam. Like I love to share things that aren't part of my actor life because I also like, like go through seasons where I'm just like, I don't have a lot of things to share. I might like be in class or I might be taking a break. I've taken a break for the last like several months and it's been great. And like, that is okay too. So, you know, I don't know if that's something like anyone is like jumping to share with casting directors like necessarily like all the time like every month and like there's no right way to keep in contact with somebody um there might be like a a, an annoying way or a less annoying way you know but I think when you don't have anything to share then like that is also okay because you're like living your life you're doing other things you know right and I feel like as long as it's if you don't focus so much on the every month and you're just like let let me make sure that what I'm sharing, and especially if I'm reaching out to casting directors or something, that it's coming from a genuine place. And again, doesn't go yeah. back to like that desperate place of yes, like, please, yes. I'm, like, I'm doing things right. Hey, here I am. Haha. Right, you're right. And like sharing things just to. But it's like, hey, I'm excited yeah. about this. And yes, I think that's such a good the, the word genuine. Doing anything in a genuine way, you're never going to come across as like desperate. If you're like, man, I'm really excited about sharing this. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I, you know, like, especially you with like your short film, like I, I want to know about that. <laughs> like, I know where it's going. I want to like see where it, like, yeah. what's happening with it. You know what I mean? Um, and I like, you know, even saying the one a month thing, I, I do not follow that all the time whatsoever. I think that's like a benchmark for like personally what I would want. Yeah. And I and I always get so in my head when people are like, you should quote unquote be doing like X, Y, and Z. Like there's no path that yeah. every person, is, that is going to be right for every person because everyone is different. And this town is just like built on relationships and so many relationships look so many different ways. And so it just, it, whatever works for you. Yeah. Well, that. Speaking of building relationships, is there anything that you're doing or would recommend doing where you're like, Hey, I'm trying to meet this many people or a very intentional, I want to meet this casting director. Therefore I'm 
reaching out in this way or trying to ask, you know, someone else who's worked with them, like, are there groups or, you know, cold calling, anything that you're doing or setting goals for yourself in that way to build those relationships? Or is it all much more organic? Like, Hey, I met this person at a party or we met on set and, or all of the above. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's a great question. And it's something I'm always curious about with other people in this industry, because I was always somebody who did not love the idea of networking whatsoever. I consider myself an extrovert and I love meeting new people and making friends and things like that. But when I'm put in an environment where like the sole purpose is to network, I shut down so much because everyone like, you know, there are just people who are just like there to be like, hello, what's your name? And like just trying to meet everyone and the energy just like totally throws me off. And I'm like, I even get that way sometimes in workshops, to be honest, Um, in environments where, you know, there are people who are there solely to I don't know. It's the energy of like there to meet a casting director and only meet that casting director to get something from them. Sure. And I just like don't react well to like. It's very transactional. Yes, it's very transactional. And like going back to the genuineness of it, I think uh, I, I'm a little bit, I, I'm better in those environments now because I'm like, you know what? everyone's just doing their best and everyone's just doing their best in this crazy industry in this crazy town. And if I can just bring my genuine self to like any of those types of situations, whether it's like a quote unquote networking event or a workshop or a film festival, then like I have enough confidence in myself just to like be myself. And if I get to meet anyone else, cool, like that's great. Um, I, Definitely, hmm, how do I phrase this? I usually have ideals in my head of like what I want to be doing, like sending out um, an email just to check in with reps once a month Mm -hmm. or sending out even a newsletter sometimes when I do like have something to share. Um, Or, you know, I've been told before in the past that like, you know, why not? cold outreach to a casting director to introduce yourself. Like those are all things that I'm like, yes, I want to be doing those. Do I always follow through every time that that idea comes into my head? No. And I give myself grace when that happens because I am only a person with so many hours in the day with so many other things happening in my life. Um, I try to do those things at least every once in a while. And especially when I'm going to an event now, like a film festival, or I'm going to set, or I um, am at a panel or like a Q&A or something like that, I give myself grace to be like, okay, if you don't meet like five or even one person in this industry tonight that like you feel like could help you or anything like that is okay you don't need to go to every event thinking that you have to meet somebody yeah the way the world works is 
I feel like even outside of this industry, you'll meet people. And in like a couple months or even a couple of years, you'll be like, oh, I've seen you. Uh, I remember meeting you at this thing or you were at that thing. That's crazy. I was also there and we like didn't meet. Like that's just like yeah. how it is normally. Or I want to put everyone at ease that like I meet people all the time and think, oh my gosh, I would love to work with them. But I don't have mm -hmm. anything for them right now. Like it's the exact same as the yeah. casting directors or directors that you're going to meet. If I like you, I know what Julia's about and I like your energy. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, as soon as I have this funny role, right? Like this, the, this, this, yeah. and this, I'm going to call up Julia because she'd be perfect. But I can't do yeah. that if I don't have the opportunity for you, you know? So it might take yeah. a few years or something, but I'll come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's all about like, I think building those genuine relationships and that's that's how it is like they're not gonna they somebody might not have something for you like tomorrow but it's like yeah. oh I met this person I really like them I love working with them and let me just say that Caitlin is amazing to work with so if you ever had anything in the future Caitlin I'll gladly gladly again <laughs> work with you because it's just a lovely lovely experience um but that and I think that's 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 it. You know, like I, I don't find that I'm like incredible at networking because I just want to do it in a very like genuine way. And other people who are good, I don't mean that they're not doing it genuinely. I, but it might be more of a numbers just, game. Yeah, 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 exactly. But that, and that's how it is. I find that like, you know, even going to like picket sometimes I'll go and be like why does everyone look so familiar like obviously there are actors there are writers there are producers yeah, yeah, yeah. like there are people who look familiar because I've probably seen them on tv or in films but I'm like I feel like I've met these so many of these people before in the past I'm like it's probably because I have like it's probably because we all have met each other in some sort of capacity and that's just like you know how how it's gonna be I don't know if I yeah. really gave any like concrete advice this is the thing in that's the that. conversation we're letting it yeah. wash over people people can take away from it what they want I'm yeah. loving this yeah. uh you just brought yeah. up the the picket lines I did want to ask mm -hmm. you about you know the joint strikes happening right now and you've been yeah. out to the pickets a couple of times what has that experience mm -hmm. been like and what are what are you hearing from people and what are what are you thinking about the strike yeah, it's actually been a really lovely, wonderful experience each time. I think because there's such a sense of community out there, um, we're all on the same page fighting for the same things, and we're all on the same level of it. Like, whether you're in one of the guilds or not, like, if you are fighting for the same thing, then, like, all right, we're all on the same team, and it's a wonderful wonderful way to feel with your fellow with your peers mm -hmm. and I do think at various times uh people are definitely talking about it like on the picket lines I think everyone for the most part I don't want to talk for everyone but I think there is a very optimistic energy and a hopeful energy because at this point it sucks to that so many people are out of work no one wants to be doing this be, and for people to lose their jobs or for people to be out of work. No one feels good about that. Um, at the same time, there's a hope that if we are able to get these things, and I personally do think that we will be able to at least find things that we are going to be like very happy with, then it's going to be 
beneficial for everyone moving forward for people to be able to ask for these things. You know, at a point, you just want things, you want these studios, these people to understand that while we're making TV and film that amass so much money, these the people working are for that very little of it. Yes, yes. And the fact that people are standing up to be like, you know what, we see the amount of money that you are getting and the fact that we're not getting a cut, not just for actors, for writers, but like IATSE, makeup, you know, all these people, like everyone deserves better than what you are telling us that what we deserve. Because what you're telling us we deserve is like a fra- the tiniest little sliver yeah. for you to make money. Can you and give, you're, you're making money off Can us. you give some people like some numbers to work with? Because I see so many comments where people are like, boo-hoo actors, go get a real job, or like the only actors <laughs> they know are making tens of millions of dollars on a film. So there's no real concept of like making less than $150 a day kind of thing. Yes. So can you speak to like, what are the people in the trenches really like maybe making? (laughs) Yeah, I, I know I've read so many of those comments and like, I get it because no one knows. No, they just don't know. They just don't know like the realist, the, the, any of it. And it's, it varies for different parts, for different roles, um, you know, I'm trying to remember what like the actual because I don't want to butcher any of like sure let's just do estimates I feel like yeah I feel like 160 something is like a day rate for an extra maybe yeah something like that so something would principal be like 900 ish like something in that ballpark yeah I think it definitely varies so like yeah from extra like 150 160 something like that a day somebody fact check I guess yeah exactly I was like guys these are gonna be I feel like my numbers are one out of date and two you know yeah I'm just trying to be like are we making a thousand a day or ten thousand a day you know like like it can vary yes like if you're on whether you're like a co-star a guest star reoccurring if you're on a if you're doing an episode for like a week you can make anywhere from like a thousand to several thousand dollars um but to put it into perspective if that show is on like network cable and it reruns like the not only the studios are getting money are making money off that but you are also receiving a piece of the pie because residuals exist in that world when it's on a streaming service the studios are making all this money off of you essentially and you are not receiving any piece of it so while the studios are making like billions of dollars still using like using your work you are not re- like getting any of that unless somebody yeah. like purchases an episode off like itunes <laughs> but like right you know, right right, right. Not gonna be, like as great as uh you know if it's 
on like a network cable. Yeah, account. like putting that into perspective for people, it's it's like Julia said, you know, someone at like our level might work a week or two throughout the mm-hmm. entire year when it comes to acting. So it's yes. not like you're not talking about people without um, day jobs or other forms of income because I really hate like the comments I've been seeing they're like well just you don't have a real job these are the same people that like yeah well it's like all the same people that turned to tv and movies during a pandemic when we had nothing else to do it's like don't don't tell me that you don't look at actors every single day of your life like right right (laughs) it's so interesting the disconnect there for me but I know like and if that's yeah, sorry. No, no, I was just I was just kind of uh, trying to summarize of, of like, you know, first there's going to be the day rate that you make and then people might not are not working nine to five throughout the entire year. So you're not making that if you hear that day rate and you go, well, that sounds pretty good still. You're not making that every single day year. of the year. No. And no. then um, what you just said about uh, reruns and residuals and how that used to be a huge uh way that people could make money Mm -hmm. throughout the year and beyond that time um, are now the numbers with streaming people, the companies are not being transparent about what those numbers are. And there's no back end, so to speak, for for the actors, as well as like indie filmmakers. I've heard this being a huge problem where like you just get the money for being Mm -hmm. put on a streaming platform and then and then that's it. And then you might go viral and it doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's like a major part that the people who are like, okay, but like, yeah, acting is a side hustle. Like you should, like, you know, you can't be expecting to make like so much money if you're not working a lot. And to that, I say like, sure, we're not asking for like a million dollars if like somebody like not like a series regular is like doing one episode of TV, we're asking for like a fair share of what like the studios are making off of us. <laughs> I think the the thing being what you said of of it takes a lot of people to create a show or a mm-hmm. film and some people get paid only once and some people mm-hmm. continue to make money. Because a lot of money off of it. Yeah, because a whole like if you make a film, it's its own LLC, um, mm-hmm. and that's how everybody's paid. So some people continue to make money as the film makes money, and then what we're seeing is as some people don't. Um, so it's kind yeah. of just like a everyone should benefit. Well, it, it's like it de incentivizes you to promote your project or something because if there's there's no incentive structure for if the project does well that you continue to see the results of that it's just like a and then and then we're just making crap I don't know I'm also going off a thing that doesn't really make sense I want (laughs) to put a pen in that I want to change the to the AI argument because this is the one that really for me just hammers home like a we cannot continue down this path without Mm -hmm. putting some um contractual protections in place Mm -hmm. um because I know some people are very much on the, you know, some celebrities have already spoken out like, yeah, I get to live forever and do movies forever. And I'm very sure. much on the side of like, I can't imagine you're using my face and voice without my consent to right. put into reality stories that I didn't contribute to. Like, it's such a bizarre phenomenon to me that anyone would be okay with this. Yeah. But 
tell tell me your thoughts on on that. Is is AI freaking you out? How are you feeling? Yeah, it's definitely freaking me out. I think though, I definitely am trying to embrace it. So many people have made the correlation of like this AI of AI coming to, into our lives now the same way like the internet did. And so many people were like, "What is this internet? I don't trust it." Like yada yada <laughs> whatever. And like I get it. I think because it's not there aren't many regulations around it and it affects everyone like not just people in our industry like oh yeah AI can take a lot of jobs and I I know people are saying like yeah but like that's what technology does it makes things easier and then it creates other jobs and different jobs like yes I'm definitely not saying like stop technology like I think it'd be naive to think that it's not going to be a part of our lives in the future, in the near future, like it is already a part of it. And in yeah. a year from now, I'm sure we'll be like, wow, yeah, how did we ever do that without like AI? You know? <laughs> um, but I do think in terms of like using an actors or anyone's like, uh, you know, even writers, like um, their IP or their likeness or anything like that and being able to pay them once for it and make money off of it in the future with doing a bazillion different things with it, then I think that gets crazy you know like you you can't like there there has to be some regulations in place to not only protect us but also so that these corporations cannot like become monopolies of like their own doing you know yeah yeah um I feel I feel so similarly because I I don't want to be like AI terrible because I do think there are a lot of Uh, cool and exciting things coming out in the AI space and like you said it's this new technology that we can we can use to our advantage and the the thing that I just struggle with is the not being taken advantage of while Mm. we're you know gonna be seeing a lot more of this happening um particularly just from the acting standpoint of again it's your face and we're all at this point um because I know actors are getting like the full body scans, but just mm-hmm. anyone online, you know, you've got your social media out there. Our faces are all mm-hmm. out there and they're yeah. all being used to train these technologies. And like, there's just yeah. something about that that does not sit right with me. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see, and like, who knows if this was like a hoax? Probably not though, because it's like real, but this thing on social media about how this um, person, if somebody was using an influencer's face and like used AI to put it on a bunch of like naked bodies and was starting to post these photos everywhere. And this influencer, you know, like I didn't see, I saw like, you know, an article about it. So I'm just like, you know, didn't do my research, but I didn't want to because I'm like, I don't want to look into that. But um, basically this influencer was so upset because they're like, these are not my pictures. Somebody has used my face, put them on here. And it's really upsetting because obviously like whoever's doing it, like, please stop. Like I can't stop these people. But like if there just needs to be like regulations or something in place to like protect people because, and it's so crazy about like the, what is it, like the deep fakes? The deep fakes, like, people, you can, I could take your face from your social yes. media and put you in a porno and that's like yeah. absurd. And like the technology isn't, you know, incredible now, but like in the next few years. That's what I'm saying. Like, this stuff is all new, but like just wait two years you're going to yes. be like, we won't know what's real or fake on the internet. I don't think. It's, it's so great. And it's so terrifying with the way 
that like news spreads and like, you know, everyone's saying like the, it'll spread misinformation about sure. things and it makes me nervous about anything because then it's like, okay, well, like, how do we know yeah. what is real and like, what is it? Like, right. I would like to think I would know, but like, but I don't know. Already, you know. <laughs> I, I say this just even us looking at social media now where filters have gotten so good oh that gosh, yeah. it becomes really difficult to know if that's even someone's face or like people can snatch yeah. their waist on a video now. Like it's it's so yeah. crazy. Um, so this stuff is really prevalent and I know it's just going to keep happening, but I want to bring it back to acting in the the strike because obviously we're, we're striking right now to, to get these protections put into place in contracts, but I'm curious... Um, because you've booked things with networks, how much flexibility is there where you and or your reps could come in and say, hey, this contract actually needs to say X, Y, and Z. Like this is the basic one for SAG, but we need to actually have this added. Mm. That's a good question. I personally have never... Um, had to deal with that yeah well where I've I've seen a contract and been like no actually like I really need this um but I do know other people who have in uh the case of you know I have known people who might have booked an episode of something and it's a really intense uh episode and they might need like a special either trailer or area on set where like they can go to and just like be mm -hmm. by themselves so they can like be in the zone like if you have to be like crying for like you know or just like yeah. you know it's like a really intense like abuse scene or something like that might be something that an agent's able to be like you know can we put something in the contract or have an agreement that like this actor is able to be on set in between rehearsals with like a designated just like space where they can go and like, you know, just make sure they're in the zone the entire time. Um, in regards to like other things, I think it, it de definitely depends on like the role sure. and the production. Yeah. And cause I know my reps have fought for more money in the past and like for a role, like sometimes like it's worked out and sometimes they're like, no, like we absolutely don't have any more money that it's the I think same that's the fear is like you're if you try to ask for more, whether it's money mm -hmm. or protections or whatever that you want the contract to say that there would be pushback and you'd just be fired like they could just find someone else. So that's always the totally. fear. I think that it's normal, at least with money wise, it's like very normal for reps to just like ask. And I think it's, it would be different if they're like really pushing and they're like, we won't. Cause I, I've heard that too. I'm like at the top side of things where, you know, there might be an actor who's great for the part and they're testing for a show and they just won't, they, they, their reps are fighting for like more money and whether it, it's the actor or the reps that like really want the, yeah. the, the actual money. Um, I've heard. I heard a case recently where that happened and casting was like, we literally cannot give you more money. And the actor or his team, I should say, was like ready to walk away. And they're like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. you know, like I, we don't have the extra, we don't magically have like extra money. So like, I think it, it, it's a case by case basis, like for sure, depending on the role and the, 
the actual production. Sure. Um, but it's usually, I feel like, pretty common for um, agents to out of the gate ask, like, okay, like, we see the, like, is there any chance we can get, like, a little bit more? Yeah. Things like that. I just, um, I bring it up because I want, I kind of want to champion people to, even if it's, like, an indie project, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you're just making stuff with your friends to really read your contracts, because I almost signed something that was worded in a way that made it sound like they would have license to my likeness indefinitely. And that's oh, wow. really going to be stuff that whether it's malicious or a mistake, you need to look at that kind of stuff and make sure your contracts are okay because we don't know what kind of technology will come out. And you might want to have a clause in there that says, no, you can only use this for publicity for this project. And during this time, like, you know, whatever, I just want to tell people that yes, we're, we're striking for these certain parameters, but I do hope that people will take looking at their contracts seriously. Basically. Yeah. No, I think you bring up an incredible point because that is something that is so easy. You just be like, oh, here's a contract like I'm going to sign. But like you really do want to like sit down and look at it. And that's something that I will say. And for anyone who might be, you know, thinking of doing this or anything for it with interning or whatever, that was one of the things that I took away from interning at this talent agency was that like I got very familiar with contracts overall and just by like talking to agents and putting them together and like being in the room when the agent is signing them with like the, you know, re-upping contracts with clients, Mm -hmm. it was so invaluable to just like know exactly like, oh, okay, like this is what an out clause means or like the terms of uh, um, what it really means in the terms of like a contract and things like that. And like what in perpetuity like means when you book something and like why like you know you you probably don't want anyone to own your likeness forever right but it's it's good it's really good that like you actually sat and like read everything because at the end of the day like your agent could also like read stuff but like you also want to be knowing exactly what you're getting into yeah so I think that's so good that you are doing that I mean, yeah, I just, especially when it comes to, like I said, the smaller projects, um, Mm -hmm. because I I love working in the indie film world now that I'm, you know, getting on the filmmaking side of it too. And it's just a like, you know, everybody's kind of got their own little contract and you're like, oh, let's take a closer look at this (laughs) to make sure it's all good. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think and you need to kind of, and I always feel like if you don't know, you isn't anyone. If anyone doesn't know exactly what it says, I've had to do this where like, luckily I have a friend who's a lawyer and mm. have to like send things yeah. to her and be like, is this what I think it means? You know? Right. And you can always Google things too. Like, you know, if you don't know anyone who's like a lawyer, but like you could all Google exactly what things mean sure. or like ask exactly what it entails too. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um. I want to ask you so many more things, but just for time's sake, I think we'll go ahead and wrap up. Um, I want to ask uh, one more question, but before I do that, if you want to share, where can people find you, your social media, your website, where where can people check you out? Yeah, sure. Um, My Instagram is Julia G, just that for my handle. So just type that in. I think I'm wearing like a red sweater in my thing. Because <laughs> you like sometimes I'll be like, oh, it's like Julia G and like a million like yeah. Julia G somethings like come up and I'm like, okay, I'll just find Julia Gallagher like somewhere. And um, my website is julia-gallagher.com. 
Um, that's one of the things I've been wanting to do actually during this downtime is like revamp it a bit. So I like need to get like new pictures, like some of the pictures, not headshots, but like the other pictures yeah. that are up there are like a little old. So I'm like, okay, I can use this downtime to do that. But that's where you can find me. I love that. Anger. And I was going to say, I love your website. So thanks. So thanks. fun. And, and do you feel that having an actor's uh, website is helpful, like a good place to point people? Cause it's just kind of everything right there. I do. I, I like having one just because of that. I mean, I know a lot of people who use their actors access. Yeah. I kind of like it because then this gives me like a little bit of literal like space to be like, what have I done? Like little news or like mm-hmm. successes recently that people can just like immediately see. Yeah. Um, and then see like other pictures and like my resume is up there. I mean, it's not extensive by any means. It's like pretty, simple but I like it because it adds that extra element and like you can kind of see somebody's personality through sure it too. yeah exactly but you don't need one like I, I'm not saying like everyone should have one like you yeah, know, yeah, have yeah. One one. that's just <laughs> another one of those where you hear different things from different people because I know some people will use like you said actors access or IMDB you can put your reel up there too so it's like huh, interesting I like the yeah. website too <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I like having one, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, and I love it. So anyways, my last question for you. This is the Hungry Artist Podcast. I want to ask all of my guests, what is your recipe for success? I love that question, mainly because it's like Hungry Artist recipe. And it's such a good question to end with. Um, I think a couple different things just like a normal recipe. I love it. Um, (laughs) I think be kind to everyone. It's such like an old, I mean, it's just a normal thing like you would assume, but like, again, this industry is so small and the people you meet along the way are always people doing so many different things like years from then, you know, it's just like, don't, don't be a dick, (laughs) be kind to people. Um, I think, surround yourself with a really positive support system and not even support it's positive people in this industry it can be hard to find that and I know it making friends in your adult when you're an adult is crazy yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy um but I think you can and find that by you know being in class doing workshops like you know doing film festivals like that's literally how we met like it's you know finding like a lot of positive people to surround yourself by if you can Mm -hmm. um and then also recognizing that everyone's recipe will be different uh so like my recipe for like success for me or what might work for me is probably going to be different than anyone else's recipe and it's okay if you if you send out an email once a month, if you don't send out an email, you know what I mean? Like every doing the things that align with like what make you happy and work for you and how you define success is going to be yours. And everyone's path is different. Everyone's recipe is different. Like it's going to be different for everybody. And I think when you embrace that, then it's like, okay, then we're all, we're all on our own path. We're all making the same thing and we're all just putting our little touches on it. Just like ever, just like any other recipe. And then it's all like, they all taste, it's all the same stuff. They all taste a little different. They all taste good in a different way because of that. So, so yeah, I think 
I think that would be it. I thought maybe I had something else, but I think that might be it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was so great talking with you. Thank you, Caitlin. I, I love you so much. I love working with you. I'm so glad you're doing this podcast. So thank you so much. I'm honored that you asked me to be on it. Yes. And we can't wait to see you up on the big screen. Yay. Well, same. So Uh, I'll see you there. All right. Great. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Hungry Artist Podcast. You can join the community by subscribing so you never miss an episode and following on Instagram at Hungry Artist Podcast. I'd love to hear from you. So what were your biggest takeaways from this episode? And what would you like to hear more of in the future? Until next time, stay hungry.